Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Listen to the words spoken on that first Christmas morning. Luke chapter 2, verses 12 to 14. This will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And I, I, I love just this first part. I love the idea that God, who, you know, he's not unorganized. He's kind of over the detail. And yet he, when his son is born into the world, when God in the flesh comes, he allows the inn to be full in a backwater town of Nazareth. That They said, what good could possibly come out of there? God allows his son, God in the flesh, to be born in a backwater town in an inn that's too full in a manger out the back. And I love what that says about God, just who he is. The unpretentious, glorious, all-knowing, all-powerful God that he is. Anyway, and it says, let this be a sign to you. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appear with, um, appear with the angels, or the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on peace on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace to on whom his favor rests. And, and, and I want us to think about this because this is the grand statement at Jesus' arrival. This is it. And, and he says, the grand statement is this, that peace, my peace, God is saying, is going to, as a result of this child born this day, is going to rest on whom my favor, or is going to be on whom my favor rests. And, and of course, he wasn't talking about global peace at the time, though he will for sure bring peace to all of humanity in the fullness of time when he decides. But in the meantime, he's talking about a peace that he extends to every person across every nation, that's across all of time, that every person could know peace and the peace that God gives. And so some of you, some of you, some of us, some of us, we know this. But I want to talk to you, I want you to stay with me, how to get peace and keep it um, in your life, where you are right now, whatever's going on for you. How do you get peace and keep it? And some of you, you're like, Darren, I know about peace. I know about God's peace. Yeah, I'm not asking, do you know about it? I'm asking you if you're living in it. Like they're, they're very different things. You can know all about God's peace and, and not, not live in it. Are you living in God's peace or is there something going on in your life? And who remembers uh, 2020, January 2020 was the year of COVID. 2020, 2021, we hit repeat. Uh, 2022, hardest year of my life. 2023, harder than 2022. And, and how, do you, how do you live that? Well, I could wait for all the season to be right and all the settings to come right and then get back to peace. Or as God says, I can live in peace right in the middle of everything that's going on in everything at all times, always in the peace of God. And so how do we get it and how do we keep it? Because you can have it in everything at all times, whatever is coming your way and going on in your life. And so, so Jesus is talking to his inner circle one day, his 12 disciples. And um, can you guys here just stand up for me for a minute? Turn around and face everyone. Yep, you guys and the row behind you. Thanks. They say that Jesus' 12 disciples were almost certainly teenagers. Now, this is a glorious group of people. But if you're picking 12 people from across the entire planet, is it these guys? (laughs) Yes, it is. Good answer. All right, take a seat. That's what Jesus did. 
He picks 12 disciples who are almost certainly teenagers. And he's about to come to the biggest moment of their lives to this point, And he gathers them together. And, 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 and what they don't know that their whole world is about to shift. The world as the 12 know it is about to shift completely. And Jesus knows that within, within hours, one of them will betray Jesus, Judas. And in betraying Jesus, he betrays his 11 other 11 friends within 24 hours or so they will all abandon Jesus. Not long after that, Jesus will be sentenced to a crime he didn't commit. They don't get it yet so that he can die for the sins of the world. Jesus is going to go to a cross. He's going to die within 24 hours. Uh, and then, of course, Jesus is going to be resurrected about 40 days or thereabouts after all of this takes place. The church is going to explode in onto the global stage and it's going to change history for the rest of time. And these 12 guys are going to be at the center of it. And there's going to be crowds that are in awe of what God does. And they're going to be people who are at odds with what they say. And they're going to be threatened. Their life's going to be threatened. And they're going to be threatened with prison and all sorts of things. And, and it's going to be awesome. And there's going to be a revival and people are going to come to faith. And that's within the next 60 days. That's a pretty hectic 60-day period. So if you're Jesus and you're about to leave the 12 teenagers who are about to be 11, what do you say to them? One suggestion is you should get out while you can. But of course, that's not what Jesus says and it's not what we'd advise. But I want you to think about what he says in these few minutes that we have because what he says to them he actually says to us and he says this John 14 verse 27 peace I leave with you my peace I give you I do not give you as the world gives you do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid he could have said I'm going to deliver you from it all he doesn't he says I'm going to give you peace in it all he says, hey, I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to actually give you my peace. I'm going to give you the peace of God. And I want us to think about that. Jesus speaks of, uh, I'm going to give you a peace that is going to be enough for anything and everything and all time. The peace I give is going to be, it's going to be more than enough for all that you need. And, and it's this peace, it's this harmony with God, it's this calmness and confidence of body, mind, and spirit. It's this simple trust in who God is and, and, and his promises and all, all that he says. It's this, and it's this supernatural presence of God. Sometimes it's the unexplainable, um, uh, tangible presence of God. And I remember this, I know this, it's, and you can know it too. In fact, my prayer for you tonight is that when you rest your head tonight, at some point across the night, that you will experience the tangible presence of God that brings his peace in ways nothing else can. That's my prayer. And so when that happens to you, then remember this moment, because that's the spirit of God, and that's the presence of God, and that's the peace of God that only he can give and that nobody can take away. I was 19 years old, not really serving Jesus, and I'd had this faith conversation with my auntie, She'd grown up in church and I'd been to church a few times, like for a couple of years and we're having this conversation. Then I go to bed and lights go out and, and I'm laying there. And the next thing, the only way I can spy it, my room started to feel with like warmth. 
and have words. And like this peace comes upon me. And like the room fills, it like, it's like a flood of the room. And I had no experience in that. I didn't know what the Bible said. And I'm like, God, is that you? And I'm like, God, if, if this is you, just make me levitate off the bed. Okay, well, you can bring that feeling. Surely you can make me levitate as well. And now it didn't make me levitate, but the, 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 whatever that tangible presence was just kept coming in waves. And I'm like, I know this isn't me. And I'm sober and I'm not taking anything and, and something's going on here and God, this must be you. And, and then a couple of years later, I'm a Christian, I'm committed to Jesus and that presence comes again. And I'm like, oh, I remember this. This happened in my room when I was 19 years old, not looking for God, but running from God. And this happened there when I didn't understand what it was. And here I am now. And the peace of God that floods your being and surrounds you with his presence. It's, it, Jesus is talking about a peace. It's not only that, it's more than that. Way more than that, that only he can give. And he says um, this great line to draw a distinction. Um, he says... I do not give as the world gives. And he makes a contrast. It's like the world can't give this peace. There's nothing in this life that can give it to you, only I can. This isn't like the world's peace, guys. You're going to go into all all these things that are in front of you, and I'm going to give you this peace that they can't give you and that they can't take away, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to see you through everything. It doesn't matter what comes your way. There's going to be peace. And he says, so don't let your hearts be troubled. It's all going to be okay. I want to give you peace that works in the middle of anything and everything. And so how do you get peace? How do you keep it? Here's the first one. It's real simple. Number one is, is choose peace with God. You go, well, really? It's choose peace with God. Because God's done everything to make peace with him possible for you and for me. There, there, there exists a tension between us, a, what the Bible calls like a, a, a sin tension. But Jesus' death on a cross pays the penalty of sin, ends the tension within and secures our peace if we'll embrace it. It's that, it's that simple. It's extended to me. It's extended to you. And Jesus makes things right between us and God, and it's for us to take hold of it. Acts chapter 10 and verse 36 says, you know the message of God, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. The good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. And Jesus ends the tension and he secures our peace for us. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that peace tonight? Do you know his peace? Is it all settled? This is the peace that Jesus was born into the world to bring. And, 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 and it's on us now. It was on him then and it's on us now to embrace the peace. He did everything he could and now he hands it over to us. And and peace with God, it's a now thing. It's a right now, I can have it in this moment thing. um, We'd just been away on holidays. I injured my back and I had to stay in a hotel room on my own for four days. And my daily routine was to feel good enough to walk to Starbucks, get a coffee, read, and then walk back to the hotel room. It was awesome. Best holiday ever. And um, so I'm in the hotel room this night, and and, uh, I just grabbed my chair, and I put it near the window, and I'm looking out, and, uh, and, and I could just feel that peace of God that transcends all understanding. And Bronnie came home. She said, how was it? How's the day? I said, awesome. I'm just sitting here, sensing and experiencing the peace of God, peace of God all around me. 
There's nothing quite like it. It's a now thing. It's a within thing. And it's a beyond the grave thing. How good to know that right in here and now that you and I can have peace about beyond the grave. That's an incredible thought. And so it's here, it's now, it's today. It's as close as your next prayer and saying, God, I recognize that I get it wrong. I recognize it's good to use the word sin. It's good for our soul. Um, I recognize that I have sinned. I recognize that Jesus paid the penalty for that sin, that he ends the tension. He makes the peace. He's done everything he can there. And now I'm doing what I need to do here. Hey, God, please forgive me. Let's do this. Like you can put it in your own words. Make it right with God. Choose peace with God. That's the starting place. Here's the thing that really builds on that is number two is to cultivate peace within. Cultivate peace within. And um, because this all builds on and flows out of having that already peace with God. Colossians chapter three and verse 15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body you were called to peace let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts I don't need anybody to tell me how to breathe I'm awesome like that I just do it remarkable I don't know how you go you probably do the same thing right you just breathe I won't have to go home tonight and go Lockie breathe you'll just do it but if I have a panic attack Linnea might need to say to me, Daz, just. And so the scriptures come along and say, let the peace of Christ settle on you. Why is that? Because we get unsettled. It's speaking because there's a need. And so let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, it says. Let, it, let the, the knowledge of God just rule in our heart. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, that harmony with God. And, and then let me get super practical for just a few minutes. It, it goes on in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 8. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And listen to verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What's it saying? <clears throat> you don't need anything to happen. We don't need anything to change. It's good if it does. But in giving it to God, we make this exchange of our anxiety for his peace and we let him have his way. And then I wonder what you're worried about today. What, what, what's worrying you? What's, what's upsetting you? You all know um, Martin Luther King Jr., you know, the, the world's most famous civil rights act activist and Southern Baptist minister. And, and he's, he's three days from the end of his life. He's going to be, sorry, kids, he's going to be, I'll try and use a word, little kids won't get assassinated. Three days. And he gives his final speech. And I want you to hear the words because if you've ever heard him say it or watched the, 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 the video of it, you see this piece that they talk of here in the moment. And it's amazing. He says, knowing all of this, knowing that he's not long for this world, this is what he says. He says, like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And so I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. 
I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. And he knew where his life was at and he knew where his life was likely headed. And in the midst of that in the crowd much greater than this, he says, I'm not worried about it now. I'm not fearing any man or anybody. My eyes have seen the glory of the Lord. He knows he's got this peace that only God can give that nobody can take away. And he's given his thoughts to God, his anxious thoughts. And the peace that transcends understanding is upon his his life. We choose peace and we cultivate it and give it to God. And then, and then I love the other thought that goes with it. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is good or excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. That same passage goes on to say, pray what you're worried about, pray about it. And then he says, and this, the peace will come. And then he says, and rethink the way you think. Lanaya, Bron, Lockie, wherever he is, somewhere, and myself, we did three prison services this week for Christmas. And we were singing Silent Night. Well, they were the band. I was just a preacher, but they were singing Silent Night. And um, this young guy, one of the inmates, starts talking. And another inmate says, be quiet. He says, mate, just be quiet. And a third inmate says, yeah, be quiet. These words are healing. And he says, yeah, that's what it is. It's healing. And here are these two guys that I'm not sure are even close to God, maybe closer than we think. And they recognize that these words were able to change their internal state. They use the word healing. You could use the word peace, but they recognize that in the words of silent night, something of healing and peace was overtaking them. And isn't it interesting that we can have all the resource in the world and miss that the Bible says, hey, let's just take hold of our thought, hold of our thinking. Let's rethink it and let the peace of God come. Let it come as you pray and give your thoughts to Him and let it come as you rethink the way you think and give it all over to Him. And so tonight, I'm not sure how you're going, but I want you to have a peace-filled Christmas. Oh, we pray it's out there, but we're humans, so, you know, it's got risk attached. But we can have it within, in the midst of it all. And that's God's intent for you and His intent for me. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.